welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter because ideas and your experiences can change the world. Today, we're in the security, risk, resilience, and security industry. And we have with us today the Vice President of Global Security, Hollis Mignon. And uh, Hollis and I go way, uh, way back. We've uh, been to a couple of great conversations together. She's spoken in front of our community. And we've been touching base uh, through the pandemic. And quite frankly, the word that comes to mind and Hollis, I think what we need to do is turn on our, yes, look at that, look at that. For those of you who end up watching this on video, we just are um, going to now go to our picture so we can see each other. And Hollis, uh, I think the word that came to mind the last time we talked is crazy. Yes. Tell me about that. Yeah. So. Um, I think, you know, it's been a crazy times, obviously, with COVID um, that we've been dealing with. Um, for some of us, um, I'm on the pandemic team within Cardinal Health. Um, so have been dealing with this, you know, right before, obviously, 2020. So it's been the last uh, six months of my, my life for sure. Um, I think many people say crazy is probably think of it as a negative. Um, but I would say, you know, as I continue to reflect, and I think you have to do that because we're in it for, it's a marathon, not a sprint, um, is there's good and there's bad that has come out of this. So um, as I continue to reflect is, you know, kind of balancing the two is um, it's been tough, um, but there's also been some great opportunities that have come out of um, dealing with COVID. You bet. It, it's funny. We're speaking, those of you who are listening to this, we're speaking on Juneteenth, a Friday in June that celebrates a significant event in our history. And, uh, and when we are talking about crazy, that, like you said, that has a negative term. But crazy can produce positive events uh, and, and change in our society, in our industry, in ourselves. Uh, and Juneteenth, it's, it's ironic that Juneteenth is a day we're talking, Hollis, because you have experienced, I believe, some incredible benefits out of this fire uh, that are beginning to unfold in your life and your people's lives and in your company. Tell, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think on the positive, and again, dealing with COVID, dealing with protests, and you know, again, as significant it is as of today, um, you know, the, the good is, I would say, bottom line is being innovative. Um, you know, all these different events that have happened, um, I always say never waste a crisis, um, is, you know, our company, our employees have really gotten creative, have been, you know, innovative. And, you know, when you're dealing with COVID, um, and, you know, we're dealing with, you know, having to social distance and think about that, you know, we have always have been using the six feet within 15 minutes. So, you know, how do we truly, and, you know, we run, we're operational. So we have office employees, but we also main, mainly we pick, pack and ship and we are manufacturing, we're distribution. Um, so our employees have to go to work every day. We have frontline employees that we have not shut down our facilities because of COVID. So we've got to figure out how to truly work differently. Um, how we can make sure our employees are spaced correctly, um, but also trying to get the work done. Um, so innovation has been huge. Um, communication, um, you know, our company, I mean, 
I think communication's always been good. Um, I think this has really pushed us. Um, I think last time Ron and I, you know, that we talked is, you know, our, our leaders are doing podcasts every single week. Um, you know, our employees, our 40,000 employees, they're seeing our CEO on a podcast every single week. He takes a couple of days or a couple of weeks off. Um, but again, they are seeing our CEO more than they ever have. Um, and we've continued those podcasts with all of our leaders. Um, so not only just talking about COVID, making sure our employees are up to date of what's going on and, you know, in the, in, you know, within our company, but they're also learning different things about our business and about our different leaders. Um, so that's, a, has been really key. Um, we, we've been more productive as well. Um, so really, you know, I know there's always sometimes that, you know, people, if, especially for our employees that have been working from home, um, from the office, um, kind of, you know, that kind of stigmatism probably for many years is can people really be productive working from home? Um, and when you work from home, you're really not working. Um, you know, you're probably, you know, doing, you know, whatever you may be doing, but not as um, productive as what people think you would be in the office. Um, and our employees, you know, and our leaders have really started to see that some employees, maybe not all, but are actually more productive. Um, you know, as much as is important, and we know we want to get back to the office, um, but with those interactions, you cannot replace that interaction and the culture that we have built within our company. But we also have, we don't have those distractions, those kind of, I call them those drive-by conversations, which I think are key. Um, but on the flip side, when you don't have those, you are getting more work done. Um, I think going along with this is flexibility. Flexibility um, has been key. And, you know, I think employees appreciate it. Um, you know, me personally is I still go into the office um, twice a week now because I'm on the pandemic team. Um, but I got to admit is, you know, right now I'm going in Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I'm working from home Monday, Wednesday, and today, you know, as my Friday, having that flexibility is tremendous. Um, and it, you know, it allows people to have that balance. And I know we always talk about work-life balance and sometimes I think it's a joke. Um, and we try to truly have that balance, but having this flexibility has been key. Being a global company, um, there is no eight to five. And especially not to eight to five in Eastern time. So, um, you know, if I have a late call because I need to talk to someone in the APAC region, maybe I don't start my day so early, or maybe I start my day really early because I'm going to have an APAC conversation during their evening. But you know what? Maybe I'm going to be done after we talk today, Ron, because I've been working for the past eight or 10 hours already today. Um, so that flexibility has been, I think, beneficial for employees and, and they, they appreciate that as well. Um, more personable. Um, so let's be honest, I'm working from home um, and I almost got interrupted um, by my husband and my son because they're getting ready to go out somewhere. Um, in the past, it would be really embarrassing if you ever saw a child, a person, or honestly me sitting on my back porch right now, probably not as professional. Um, but on the flip side, I think who's not going to smile when you see a kid um, come up and maybe give their parent a hug um, or now, you know, seeing that dog in the background or what have you. So I think some of these, you know, with all these video chats that people are doing now, you kind of get to see that person of not just that business person, but like, okay, she's got a little bit of a personality, you know, oh, she has family, she has a kid, she has a dog. 
Um, so that's been kind of fun. Um, you know, when I'm talking with my team or any call and I see a kid or I see an animal, like I don't help but smile. Um, so I think that's been, you know, again, something different that again, maybe people would be embarrassed um, because they're not being so professional, but I think we've allowed people to kind of relax. Um, and that's been, that's been kind of good. I appreciate that. Um, and then I would say the last thing um, that I think has been um, that I've seen, and maybe not just because of COVID, um, but that we've just seen over the years is technology. Um, you know, just getting used to using Zoom um, or any type of technology is, we didn't have that five, 10 years ago. So working from home um, or having some of these different innovative ideas, it wasn't even there. Um, so, you know, people I think now realizing that they can work from home, they have the bandwidth to do it um, and just different ways that we can continue to stay connected um, has really, you know, technology has really helped. And we've even seen some impact, some, you know, positive impact is, let's be honest, when we had big global meetings, um, especially at our headquarters, we have a hundred or so people in, in the room. And then we have everyone else like, doesn't sit in the headquarters, they're on the phone. Who's gonna be more interactive? The 100 people that are in the room, they're gonna probably talk more than the people on the phone because they can never figure out how to kind of chime in and say something. When everyone's on the phone and everyone is, you know, interacting via, you know, live on a Zoom call or what have you, everyone's at an even playing field. Um, and I think people appreciate the ones that don't get to sit at headquarters, they're appreciating having that even playing field. And they, they feel like they're now kind of that equal. Not to say that they ever weren't, um, but they just feel like, hey, they can interrupt, they can talk, they can chat um, more than they ever have in the past. Right, it's so, it's so interesting. You've said a number of things here. And if you don't mind, I, I'm gonna try to pull it together. Is, is, uh, is that sound coming across one of, one of us at one of our emails? Is that you? That's me? probably me. Okay. I, I put it on mute, so hopefully that'll stop. Um, uh, and that's what's real about the great conversation these days, <laughs> everyone. By the way, uh, I was listening to Hollis's background as she was speaking. She and I both have groundspeople on, on, on our house on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking out the door right now at my house, and there they are. They're mowing, they're blowing, they're cutting limbs. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. You might hear some birds in the background. <laughs> Absolutely. And to your point, it's real. It's real. We, yeah, we, we, we tend to use the office to kind of hide behind it, and we don't necessarily always share our lives. And I agree with you. There's this personable thing. And what's the contradiction, I think, is that people actually at first said, we're going to miss each other. We're going to miss being in relationship with each other, the chat in the hall. And I'm finding a lot of people are starting to enjoy this because this almost seems more real than in the office with a cup of coffee in the hallway. Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting is I have direct reports that a, a few of them work with me in the office, um, but then I have many other employees that, you know, work with me um, that they're not. And again, I think back to my comment a little bit ago is um, everyone's on the even playing field now. And so, you know, we have happy hour. Um, we never had app, you know, we never had, you know, virtual happy hour, to, you know, so like, quite honestly, some of us were more connected than right. we were in the past. We never had virtual happy hours ever. And now we try to do it at least once or twice a month. That's wonderful. So I, I'm going to be uh, 
talking to Mike Howard, the former CSO of Microsoft today. And uh, he and I go way back. He was one of the original keynotes of the Great Conversation way back when, when he was CSO of Microsoft. And uh, uh, he, he's the kind of guy, if you go into one of the restaurants that he freak, frequents, they'll know who he is. And they, and they actually have a drink made after him. It's the James Bond Vesper. <laughs> right? And, and so when I talk to him today, I'm going to have a martini glass sitting in there front There you go. You guys can have a virtual happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tease something else that's near and dear to my heart. Because you said, wow, innovation's happening. So I'm kind of always interested because one of the things when I work with CEOs, one of the things they ask me is how do I create a more engaged culture that the employees are truly engaged? And if they're engaged, they believe they also will be more innovative, right? Yep. So, so what's going on today? Is it just the pandemic that's causing this innovation to happen? Or is it something else you and your team are doing to help, to help that innovation occur? Or both? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good question because, you know, I, maybe I, I got to give credit to COVID-19. Um, and, you know, I, I think people are tired of hearing this is we've got to think differently. And that's what I kept telling my team at the very beginning of all this is, you know, our fundamentals don't change. You know, even as a just a true security profession is we do investigations, we do training, um, we try to, you know, we're mitigating risk. That is our goal. Um, so that's not going to change. How we do it is probably going to change. I mean, we're, we haven't been able to travel. We haven't been able to go to our facility. So how we do investigations, how we do training um, is looking pretty different right now. Um, you know, one example is, you know, some of our, my teammates, they've, you know, remoted into the video at some of our facilities. They're helping looking and watching social distancing. Um, and so they're just, we're being creative of just, you know, how can we use technology? So remote, you know, into our video um, and then helping operations and leaders focus on the right thing. So not only just looking, you know, I look at, you know, from security cameras, security cameras, maybe we shouldn't call them security cameras anymore. Um, these cameras are operations. Um, they're not just looking for the bad things that are happening in our facilities. Um, they're looking at many different things. We use it from a safety perspective. We use it as an operational perspective. Now with COVID, we're looking at it from a social perspective. Um, so some of the technology that I would say in the past has been, oh, security wants X, Y, and Z. There are other benefits uh, to having the technology that we have in our facility. Um, and so that's where I think to me is just that innovation is just, we have stuff in place and we do things and we have, you know, the end results that we need to get to. It's just different right. and we're going about it differently. So, so what COVID did for you, I'm talking about you as a leader yep. uh, with employees under you, as well as your peers to the side of you and your executive team uh, above you. you, you've created the COVID forced a conversation it did. That, that was outside the box. Yes. And then, then the leader, the good leadership inside your organization, including you, then grabs that, that moment, that inflection point, and says, it's okay to think differently. It's okay to focus on the how, as long as we continue to mitigate risk as our main charter. Exactly. And so that, that, that 
focus on the how suddenly you're crossing the aisle again, up and down the ladder, allows you to start thinking, what does operations really need? What does facilities really need? What does HR really need, right? Yep, and I think, you know, and, and not to say that we were never doing that in the past, because, you know, innovation has been huge in our company. Um, and I would say, you know, many other companies as well, is, you know, that's not, that's not new to probably any of us. Um, but maybe it's pushed us a little bit faster and made us think a little bit differently, a little bit faster, is that we can't do X anymore. We can't travel. We can't go into some of our facilities right now. So what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. We can't not support them. We've got to figure out how we can support them differently. Um, so to your point is, you know, we've done investigations remotely. Like we don't go to facility every time there's a loss or an issue. Um, but now, we're not going at all. So how can we be truly effective, maybe even more effective um, than we have in the past? So the other thing is, uh, you and I have discussed this before, you know, any part of your organization, the leader has to think, okay, do I have the right people in the right roles within a measurable process? So I have a baseline, so I know I'm actually making ground, if you will, I'm improving yeah. over time. Uh, and they use tools, they use technology. Right now, you mentioned technology in your communication. You mentioned technology uh, that was once used primarily for incidents and security is now being used for safety and spacing. Uh, cool stuff. Are your vendors, they could be anyone, they could be consultants, uh, they could be uh, managed service providers, integrators, technology, are they coming around you as part of that innovation fabric? Are they helping you tease out what's possible? Absolutely. Um, I would probably say we probably are getting more and more vendors coming out of the woodworks as well. Um, and again, you know, just examples of, I think, again, writing off of COVID. So, um, you know, all these different apps that are available to do health screening. So um, I know many companies are looking at, you know, different types of apps to kind of ask this, you know, the questions of, are you healthy today? Do you have any symptoms today? Do you have a temperature? Um, so I think that's been big. Um, the, the thermal cameras uh, have been coming out of being able to detect if anyone has, you know, over a certain, um, you know, a, any type of temperature, et cetera. So I would say, our current vendors continue to partner. They're thinking differently. They're working with us, um, but also definitely seeing some um, other companies that are reaching out to, you know, kind of showcase their services. Um, but I think, you know, e even some of these providers that have certain things, um, they are thinking differently and they're realizing, you know, maybe they need to kind of change their model um, or, you know, look into different ways of doing things as well. So it's, it's been pretty interesting. Well, thermal cameras have definitely been in the news. Um, uh, we've had some discussions around what I, before we get to a technology, this whole idea of a kind of a new perimeter, right? Um, and yeah. you, you mentioned, for example, screening. Are, are we, again, as we cross the aisle into other parts of the organization, we have this little thing called an access card that can point to information that's tied to somebody's identity. Are, are we going to start integrating certs and, uh, and self-testing and vaccinations? Are we going to start uh, creating a new perimeter where we have more touchless 
access points inside. So are all those things part of what you're thinking about? Yes. Wow. Um, You know, I would just, you know, um, from a technology perspective, so we just, you know, put in new printers into our, um, some of our office space. And now I use my badge to print. Awesome. That's great. um, But yeah, I mean, I think again, it's just, again, it's just, I think it's thinking differently. Um, and just, you know, as we try to bring people back to, to the office, again, we haven't closed our facilities from a distribution and manufacturing perspective, but, you know, as we bring people back to the offices, you know, let's be, let's be honest, offices, you know, have cubes and they're pretty close to each other. And, you know, you go down and you get food from the cafeteria, um, and you ride an elevator, thinking of all those things of now we have to social distance six feet or more that didn't happen so you know again just looking at different how do you open doors touch you know do we prop doors open we don't want to do that from a security perspective but are there some doors that we can prop open um do we need cashiers or can we do cashless um and can we do checkouts without a person um, so we, again, we're limiting that, uh, that exposure. So thinking about many different things as we continue to go through this. Yeah, I, I know uh, over the years, uh, I've always asked people, why do you have so many silos in your technology and your organization? Uh, you know, people process tools. There seems to be a yeah. lot of redundancy going on. So is this forcing uh, a clear view of the cost of not integrating organizationally and technology? Is that forcing that discussion too? I, it is. It is. I think it's just, I mean, to your point, silos, I think has always been, you know, an issue at you know many companies. Um, you know, I think technology period, um, at first, maybe everyone just thinks of IT and it's my computer or what have you, but it, there's so much more. And even bringing in security technology is security technology is no longer, you know, still here, but it, it's not analog you know, we're tying, you know, security technology is tying into um, the infrastructure within the IT system. So we have to now work together. Um, and again, would you have ever thought you would use your badge to print? Uh, you know, so that, so to me is now IT needs security because we're going to use the security badge to do something. Um, you know, again, people can use their security badge to pay for something. Um, so it, it is, you know, again, I think technology is really bringing in different departments or functions within companies to start talking to each other. So one, one more thing on that, back to integration here. So you probably have an ERM function within your company, an enterprise mm-hmm. risk management function, which yep. is actuarial, it's legal, it's financial, um, fiduciary, um, and you have an HR function. So I'm fascinated about what you're seeing as an innovation. And that is people are starting to say, hey, this working at home, if possible, is really actually helping us to be more optimized and more innovative and, 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 and flexible and adaptable. Uh, you're saying that, but at the same time, being in security, you know that I think that changes the definition of duty of care. Especially, especially if it, it's mandated. I want you to work at home. Right. So now, now are we going to see, do you think we're just projecting here, we're having some fun, but are, do you think we're going to see in certain cases, a hardening of the home f- to protect people 
uh, to uh, protect their equipment and to protect their logical, their cyber, obviously. But is it going to be more comprehensive than just cyber? Because all I hear is cyber on working from home. <laughs> is it going to be different? I think it is. Um, what it truly is going to look like, I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's where, you know, you know, working with from a legal perspective, looking from an HR perspective. And again, we've had employees that have been working from home before this. So it's not brand new to us by any means. Um, but it's, you know, will some of this come out of it that people, some people won't return back to the office and they'll continue to work from home. It's probably likely. Um, and it's really making us think, you know, of what truly makes sense. Do we need all of the space that we currently have for office type settings? Um, but duty of care definitely came up at the beginning. Um, duty of care is always top of mind. Um, you know, when we talk about traveling and all of that. So, you know, where does, where does it stop? And I think that's going to be a big conversation of where does it stop? Um, you know, and we have employees that, you know, are sales. So they do work from home. They do work from their, their, their car um, because they're driving to different customers, et cetera. And so where, where does that duty of care truly stop? Right. Um, and when I'm working from home and if I'm always working from home, is there a time frame that there's duty of care? Is there a duty of care on the weekends? Um, so I think some of those questions, I think, you know, I don't think we have it all figured out. Um, but I think it's, it's, it is top of mind of, you know, and again, um, you know, depending on what city, county, country that you're in, um, you know, privacy becomes a big deal as well. So I think navigating all, all of that as well, um, it's good conversation for sure. It'll be an interesting thing when we start. We're, you know, we're, we're supposed to really understand risk. And if people are working at home, especially with social unrest, we have to ask the question, will our people ever be targets because of our brand, right? Mm -hmm. If I work for XYZ company and that's a target of the social unrest, will I ever be a target when they walk through my neighborhood in the yep. social unrest area? So it'll be interesting. You, um, you and I, a few moments ago, you said something really fun. And I feel like it's going to be the title of this audio cast, right? Oh, no. <laughs> you said it's been an inconvenient year. Yes. And we, we talked about the words. It's hard. It's difficult. It's inconvenient. But then you pivoted right after that because you talked about all of that's hard and difficult, but it's also been, if we pause for a second, not discarding empathy for others, but it's also been an inflection point that may eat, uh, actually lead to some major, major innovations and understanding personally, professionally, and also organizationally. Tell me a little bit about, I love that phrase, an inconvenient year. Yeah, well, and again, I, I can't take credit for it. I stole it from the radio um, earlier this week. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, when they said it, I mean, I'm like, that is the perfect word. Because um, let's be honest is, you know, it's been hard. It's been difficult um, it, it, and unfortunate for so many that have been dealing with, I mean, not only just COVID, but just in everything, anything that's going on in the world. Um, we've lost way too many people. Um, there's just been a lot of stress out there as well. Um, but you know, it's, it's inconvenient, you know, going to the store. Oh, don't forget the mask. You got to do this. You got to, you know, um, you know, it's just, nothing is easy. Yeah. 
you know, nothing, nothing is easy now. Um, but like I said, is I, I think let's not waste a crisis. Um, so what's the good out of this? And, you know, I try to be a positive person and to say like, you know, and I would say, you know, you know, our company, you know, we deal really well with crisis and, you know, we might not always, you know, do it the easiest and the fastest way, but we always come out on top. Um, and, you know, and we always have those lessons learned. Um, so to me is, you know, we'll, we're going to get through this and we're going to come out better as a company. Um, and I think better as a society as well as, you know, we're getting smarter every single day. Let's learn from our mistakes um, let's learn from the inconvenience. Um, but yeah, I mean, inconvenient, I think is like the, the word for sure. Well, two, two things before we end our, uh, broadcast today, the, the first one uh, I've got to ask you, and it's okay if you don't have one, but what books have you read that you would want to turn on to your peers and what books are you reading? Anything that comes to mind quick, because we'd love to uh, make those available to people in the community. So I have to be honest, um, I haven't had much time lately, so I have not been able to read a book um, recently, but I'll get back to you. I'll, I'll definitely come up with a couple, but yeah, um, I, I like to read, but I also like to have time when I read. Yeah. Um, time just has not been on my side lately. <laughs> You know, Brian Tuscan the other day said the same thing. He says, I've listened to some podcasts. <laughs> I'll turn you on to some podcasts. There you go. There you go. And then finally, uh, because this is a community and, and it, it, you know, we don't, as you know, we don't want to turn this into an event company or a marketing company. We want this truly to be your community. Who do we, who do we bring to the table next for a great conversation? Anybody come to mind or any buddies come to mind? Who should we bring to the table that would have an interesting discussion that we both could learn from? That's a good question. Um, nothing comes to mind off the top of my head, I would say. Um, but I mean, I would say, is I, I think you have built a really good, you know, relationship with so many people across so many different industries as well. Um, so I definitely want to see this, continue. Um, you know, we call them podcasts within our, you know, within our company, you know, these conversations that we're having as well. Um, I love these conversations versus people doing presentations and PowerPoints and all that. I think, you know, you pick a good topic and you get the right person. Um, and it's really valuable, I think, to other leaders, um, other people that are, again, they're, everyone's dealing with COVID, let's be honest. Um, and if, if, if someone can get one or two things out of this conversation that we're having right now, then that's a win. Um, so I can't give you a person or, you know, right now off the top of my head, but I know there's plenty out there um, that have tackled and probably, you know, had, have come up with some great ideas of, you know, in different innovation as well as they've dealt with this. But um, if I think of any, I'll let you know as well. And whether they're peer level or whether they're part of the vendor community or, um, you know, Tyson Aiken at Nike said, let's find somebody in social justice who can speak to us. And I, I, I thought that was great. And he actually named a few names. If you go to the Tyson Aiken broadcast, 